Imagine that you've been cooped up inside a little cell and you weren't able to go outside for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, two months, something like that. You couldn't meet anyone, you didn't have much to do. And then all of a sudden, a door opens and you're shoved back into your old life. How are you going to cope with that? Is it going to be easy? Are there any adjustments that you have to do? In a sense, this is what's going to happen to our children when they have to go back to school after being quarantined or locked down or whatever it's called in your country. So in this episode, I'm going to talk with you about how you can help your children cope with the transition better. So let's cue the intro and do this. Welcome to the Apparently Parent Podcast. My name is Ron Katz, and I'm a clinical psychologist, a parenting counselor, and also a father. In this show, we combine the art of parenting with the science of psychology. So, if you want to understand your children and yourself better, lead your family into calmer waters, and reach the end of the day with a smile on your face, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Ron Katz. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Apparently Parent Podcast. I am really, really happy that you decided to join me for this one, because I truly believe this is a crucial topic right now. So if you happen to listen to this episode sometime in the future, after all the dust has settled, then you may feel that this is less relevant for your life, and if so, isn't that great? But don't leave just yet, because the principles I'm going to talk about are relevant in any case. And if you are, just like me, living through this pandemic right now, stick around. So let me just start by telling you how things are looking from my end. In my country, schools were shut down in March 30th. So this is around 50 days ago at the time of this recording. And during these days, we were all homebound. At the beginning, we took the children for walks outside, just in a neighborhood or in a small patch of nature next to our place. And luckily for us, we both, uh, me and my wife, we both uh, worked from home, so we, we, we could be together all the time. But, you know, after some time, we all just settled in and mostly stayed inside and maybe went a little bit outside on the, on the balcony or for just little walks outside. And... I have a boy in the first grade and a girl in kindergarten. So at the beginning, he had some virtual learning activities, which used to take about an hour each day. That's it. And the girl didn't have anything structured. So we settled into this routine of getting up in the morning, relaxing a bit. Then he had to study a bit. And we went to the balcony and mostly spent the time as best as we could while, you know, me and my wife try to work every now and then. But now the government is talking about sending children back to school in a gradual way. And I'm recording this on a Friday and the talks that are that on, on the Sunday uh, schools are going to reopen for first, second and third graders. And, and already we know that some cities, mine included, are not going to open schools because they say they're not ready. It's, it's a whole bunch of mess and we have no idea what really is going to happen and how is it going to work anyway they're talking about splitting the classes to little groups maybe sending some kids on odd days and the rest on even days having children sit apart from each other you know six feet apart etc i really don't know what's going to happen and naturally this is a vague situation which brings a lot of worries now think about that 
situation where you live and and if your children are about to go back to some kind of school routine what will it look like now are you worried do you know what you expect my focus today is not only about your own worries or thoughts I want you to use that so you can connect to the worries and thoughts that your children have or may have imagine what it would be like for them so for, for some kids it's gonna be a piece of cake you know some kids can't wait to go back to the old routines but for others things may look a little bit different so today we're gonna explore the ways you can help your child navigate these waters in an optimal way so let's break down the different obstacles that may present themselves either for you or your children. And the first one is anxiety. The world has become a little bit more dangerous than it was a couple of months ago. And that's true for everyone. In the effort of coping with a pandemic, we were all forced to retreat into our houses and to learn how to wash our hands like never before. You know, and, and we started wearing face masks or gloves when going outside. And we are all doing our best to avoid an invisible force of nature, a little, little virus that wreaks havoc in, in society. And so it goes, almost without saying, that it's totally natural to suffer from fears and anxious thoughts about all of this, right? Now, think about your child. Your child is being cooped up at home for several weeks in order to prevent himself or herself from being infected and or infecting others. Now, you tell them that they have to go back to school, they have to go back to the wall, they have to go back to seeing all their friends and their teacher and teachers and everything, but they're not allowed to touch each other or do the usual things they used to do in recess, etc. So why wouldn't they be scared, right? And actually being afraid is not that bad. It's, it's an adaptive emotion. If we weren't afraid of this virus, we wouldn't have taken all those measures that helped lower the infection rates, for example. Or we wouldn't buckle up in our cars, etc. However, it's when the fears are becoming so widespread and unrational and can grow into more than what they are that we suffer from anxiety. So one thing that your kids may present is Our fears and anxieties around being infected or infecting others, and let's call that corona anxiety. And truth be told, maybe you suffer quote unquote from this anxiety yourself. I can totally tell you that I am afraid about this stuff. I haven't seen my psychotherapist clients in more than a month, or I think maybe even six weeks. and I've see, I have been working with them online via zoom sessions. But I'm going to go back and seeing them face to face, and I can't wait to do that already, but there's also this place of fear. How, what would it be like to go back to seeing people after not seeing anyone except family for so long? This is how life is now, and we, if we succumb to these anxieties, we wouldn't be able to do much, right? So let's talk about how we can work with anxiety and how can we try to conquer anxiety. So first and foremost, let's talk about knowledge and proportion. We know how to handle infection of coronaviruses in a pretty good way. We know that uh, most people who will be infected have a mild uh, infection, have a mild sickness, even, even less than mild, all right? So we know the risk factor, although it's really infectious, and, but the risk is 
kind of low for most of us. If you have any risk factors uh, because of age or other illnesses or anything like that, it's kind of a different story. So you need to take care of yourself. But for most part, we can use our knowledge, we can use our intellect to tell the anxiety to, you know, move a little bit to the back. It's nice of you to protect me. And it's something that we can tell our brains really literally. I sometimes teach my clients to have this kind of uh, dialogue with their anxiety. You can imagine the anxiety as a little monster who's telling you things. And it, it has a, a really benevolent goal to protect you. But you can tell the anxiety that it, you know, you, you're taking it a little bit too far. And this is a kind of dialogue that you can teach your children and you can do with your child as well. So if your child is telling you that he doesn't want to go to school because he's afraid he's going to get infected, you can tell them that, yeah, it's something that he can and should be scared ab- about, but there's something that can be done about it. The risk is kind of low. Uh, we wouldn't open reopen schools if it were a higher risk. And you can do things to avoid uh, being infected or infecting others. So other than having the knowledge and putting things into proportions, you can have uh, a plan, a game plan, if you will. And a plan is really what can you do about it? What can you do to reduce infection? So you can teach your children and work with them and practice with them uh, washing hands and, you know, uh, talk about not sharing their food with their friends. And yeah, if you can play sports together because you don't want to be in close contact with your friends, what can you do instead, etc. All right. And the other thing that you can do in order to conquer anxiety is to teach your children to relax. Because sometimes anxieties are not only in our thoughts, they are also in our body. The emotion of anxiety brings muscle tensions and shortness of breath, etc. And some relaxation methods are really, really useful um, to lower the volume of these emotions. Belly breathings and muscle tension relaxations are really crucial and helpful tools that you can teach your children and help them help themselves if, you know, they're in the middle of the school day and suddenly, I don't know, someone sneezes even at the other end of the hallway and they're feeling anxious all of a sudden. So there's something they can do with their body to relax the body and then relax their mind. So I'm not going to go into exactly to teaching you how to um, use belly breathing or muscle relaxation techniques, you can look it up and I'll put some resources in the show notes of this episode. So go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 13 and you'll find all the details there about uh, this kind of relaxation techniques. So even if you don't suffer from anxiety or your children don't really suffer from these anxieties, going back from one routine to another is never easy. And it's true even for us adults. Think about the last time that you went to a vacation of more than, say, I don't know, three days. It may feel like something from previous life, I know, but try to remember that. Can you remember the first couple of days since coming back home? You know, when everything still feels kind of weird? Yeah, because it takes time to acclimate to a new routine. Even if it's a familiar routine, even if it's a routine that you love and cherish. So think about your children. It's, It's hard for them as well to move from one routine to another. And the thing is that now we're going to go into something which is a whole lot different than what we know and cherish. We don't know, we don't really know how the new routine, how the quote-unquote new normal will work. Okay, 
Again, example from where I live, my boy is supposed to go back to school for less hours a day in small groups. We are not sure about who's going to teach him. And he's supposed to sit in his own, own table, six feet apart from other children. And what's going to happen in recess? I don't know. And he's six, six and a half years old. Okay, so this is really, really strange. And we don't uh, know what's going to happen. So this is moving into a new routine that is really, really vague. Okay, how can we handle this vagueness? We, we can hug it. We can accept it. We can accept the fact that we are none the wiser about what's going to happen. And we talk about it, okay? This is not something to put under the carpet. Vagueness can endanger anxiety. And that's fine. Because our brains crave concrete knowledge. And there's nothing we can do about it. So we have to accept the vagueness. We have to accept the unknown and to work with it. We can't hide from it for our, our entire lives. We have done so for the last couple of weeks. But time will come that we have to face it. So what can you do? You can explain as much as you can and as much as you know to your child, okay? What you know, let them know. Let them know the new school routines. Let them know the new regulations. Let them know whatever you know. And also talk about what are they feeling about it. Ask them, okay? And give them the opportunity to express whatever they feel about it. Be open and listen to their thoughts and feelings about what could happen. And, you know, there are many questions such as, could I play tag with my friends in recess? Or what if I really, really want to hug my friends after not seeing them for so many weeks? These are questions that are likely to arise, okay? Or maybe why do we have to go back to school? We can study greatly with these virtual learning techniques, etc. So just be open to these questions. Give them the opportunity and the permission to ask every question, even if they sound silly to you or you don't have the answer. Just be open about it. And be open about the fact that you don't have all the answers. You're not supposed to have all the answers. The government's supposed to have more answers than you about how things are supposed to run. And they don't have all the answers, right? So, so be kind with yourself about that. And don't be afraid to admit it. And also, you can stick to the known parts of the routine. You know, the technical stuff. Go over the school back together. Oh, by the way, I really hope that you removed all the food that was left there, you know, when, when schools were shut down. Okay, after all these weeks, you, you don't want any surprises. But look at together at the school bags. Reacquaint yourself with the books and, you know, pencils and stuff, etc. See that everything is in its correct place. And it really may sound technical and maybe even silly, but it's really important because it's been a long time since they were at school. And kids don't usually hold these informations in, in their head for a long time like we do. And truth be told, we don't as well sometimes. So it, it's an important practice to go through uh, these things in advance. Okay, Don't wait to the first day of going back to school to suddenly f- find out that you know they lost uh, the notebook that they really have to bring or something like that. Do it, do it in advance. Now this next point is really, really important. If, if your schedules have been altered significantly during these homebound weeks, you have to start shifting them back to school hours. So if they are used to go to bed later than usual and they wake up later than usual, okay, you have to start shifting them back to their old schedule 
do it uh, gradually but do it it's really really important it means going back to bed earlier or waking up earlier the body needs the time to reacquaint reacclimate to the new chronology so give it the time okay don't expect your children to snap move into that new chronology you have to give them that time imagine yourself in a jet lag okay it takes time to you know put things back in order okay and this is also true for other uh, changes such as screen time okay so if your children have been going for many many hours a day uh, with their uh, ipads or computer or phones or whatever and if they have done that that's fine mine have been as well but start to cut the and uh, this the screen times okay to let them readjust to you know have having less of that the same is true for meal hours so i have some friends who told me that it's like an open kitchen all the time they're going there and eating and eating and eating so try to again put some schedule back into your lives okay and there's one more thing that is really gonna change i think between what's going on now before you know we're going back to some kind of routine and what's going to happen when we do so just listen for a second and did you notice how quiet those last couple of weeks were this you know here it was pretty quiet when i asked my followers on social media what would they miss most about this period of time many of them said they're gonna miss the quiet you know there are less cars driving you don't have to commute you know and even if things were hectic and noisy in your house it's not the same as going outside in regular days when we did walk outside it was really really quiet and, and it's nice now think about your child who was used to spend time at home with the family and you know even if you have many children okay it really can't compare to the noise generated by dozens of kids running around in a closed space such as a school now if your child is sensitive to noise talk with them about it prepare them think together about the differentiation between the you know the, the noise at home and the noise at school and they know it already it's not, it's familiar to them but just you know prepare the, them that it's going to come okay talk about it put it in the open and you know being prepared to that being um, able to anticipate that can really help them you know lessen the the shock when when they go back to school and you know see all those people and and all the all these noise etc now here's an awesome trick that will help you and your child prepare for those first days of school and it's actually a great trick for every day and not only for children and you can really use it for whatever you want but it's really really useful for these times and it's based on the fact that our brains as smart and magnificent as they are they're kind of stupid and i mean that in the sense that sometimes they don't know the difference between imagination and reality so this is why things that are only in your mind can make you so afraid but we can use this to our benefit so just imagine that first day with your child play an imagination game sit with your children and and ask them to imagine that first day of going back to school and ask them to be as detailed and as specific as possible and if it's hard for them to put in all the details do it for them help them to to imagine things okay be as visual as you can and imagine the sounds etc and 
imagine yourself getting up and eating breakfast and getting dressed and looking at the watch and, you know, noticing when it's time to go and walking the usual way you walk to school or drive to school or whatever and, you know, going up the stairs or if you have stairs and imagine yourself or ask them to imagine themselves seeing their friends after not seeing them for how, for I don't know how long. And, and ask them, as you, as you see your friend in, in your mind's eye, you see your best friend that you may, may have only seen fragmentally over Zoom or, or maybe in little meetings. You see them walking towards you. What are you feeling? Okay? Imagine your feelings. Imagine what your body wants to do. But, you know, you, you're supposed to keep distance and you maybe you can give him a high five or, or hug her or whatever. Okay? And what will you do? What can you do? Etc. 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 So it, that, repeat that in in your imagination. It can really, really make them feel more prepared to that day. Okay, when when you know practice, we used to say practice makes perfect. So it's kind of a mental practice that you go go about in your brain. And again, your brain will know that it, their brain will know it's it's only in their imagination. It's not like they they feel it's the real, real thing, but it does work, right? It does give them a sense of control, a sense of familiarity with that situation, okay? There are less surprises when, when you know, in zero hour, when the thing really happens, when they go back to school, when they see their friends, when they have to wake up early, etc. Now, another thing that you can really uh, do, and I believe that you have to do in order to help your children cope better with this going back to school thing, is validation. And, you know, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I'm going to talk about validation, right? You should always, 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 I can't stress it enough, but I will always validate your child's feelings. Even if you don't identify with them, Okay, keep an open mind and a positive one. And yeah, you should try and help them focus on the positive sides of going back to school, like seeing their friends, for example. But if they express some negative aspects, fear of infection, not wanting to go back to a boring place of study, whatever they feel, validate that, which means acknowledge the feeling, let them know that you feel them, that you understand that feeling, that it's okay for them to feel that and to express that. You don't have to agree with their emotion, but let them know that it's fine to have that. And again, sometimes it sounds obvious that you should do that. And if it's obvious to you, I'm really, really happy. But for many of us, it's not obvious. A lot of parents think that when their child expresses some kind of negative emotion, they should try to avoid that. They should teach them to be always positive and, and happy. And I totally, totally disagree with that. Because if we, if we don't give this, them the space to feel those negative emotions, they will only learn how to hide those emotions away because, because these emotions will come for the rest of their lives because that's part of life. So we have to teach them that these emotions are welcome. And we can feel them and be with them. And this is how these emotions also dissipate and go away. Okay, and, and one last thing. In the end, remember, children are really, really adaptive. 
like really, really, really adaptive, for better and for worse. So as long as you are mindful to them, as long as you keep an open mind and an open conversation, as long as you position yourself as the secure attachment figure, the bigger and wiser that can be trustworthy, as long as you let them know and feel that you are there for them, they're going to be fine. And you're going to be fine. So good luck with that. And, you know, if you have any questions or if you have any tips or suggestions that I didn't talk about, let me know, okay? Come to my website at apparentlyparent.com and send me a message over there. Or you can go to my Instagram at apparentlyparent and follow me there and, and write a direct message for me. I answer all of them and I'm happy to hear from you. And I really, really appreciate it that you take the time to bring me into your earbuds and, and giving me this permission to share my thoughts with you. I really, really hope it helped you. Let me know uh, whatever you want to tell me again at apparentlyparent.com and please subscribe to this show so you will always get uh, new episodes as soon as they come out. I put out new episodes every, every Thursday. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you thought it was helpful, please share it on your social media with your friends, your families, and your friendly neighbors. And that's it. If you want to see the show notes of this episode, that I will put a summary of what I talked about and some resources, you can go to apparentlyparent.com forward slash 13. And I will see you again with a fresh new episode next week. <laughs>